0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Can you be more Pacific
2: on ABC
1: Radio Australia?
2: Buller, and welcome to another episode of Can You Be More Pacific? Talking all things sport across the Pacific. My name is Sarah Nangama and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Dean Halitau.
0: To, to all our listeners and particularly to those in Papua New Guinea, it's uh, Independence Day and yeah, we just wanted to wish you a happy Independence Day. We've got plenty to get through in the show. Uh, says, what have we got coming up?
2: Coming up in the next hour, we take a look back at the weekend in sport. We have an interview with Parramatta Eels player Wanga Blake and we have a new question for our favourite segment, You Can Ask That.
0: How's your week been, by the way?
2: Ah, how's my week been? It's been pretty good, to be honest. Um, you know, it was pretty wet at the beginning of the week and, uh, that was, that was pretty rough. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful.
0: You always start the week with, or you always start our show with a story. You get any stories, you're back at training. Oh, I actually do have a story. I do have a story. Story time.
2: So something I've been telling myself over the past couple of days is I can't afford to be myself. I'm too expensive. I'm accumulating too many expenses and I can't even keep up with myself. Does that make sense?
0: It was, you actually literally, like you literally can't afford to be yourself. I
2: can't afford to be myself. Like yeah. I, thought Sarah- you, I thought
0: you're having like, just like, I don't know, like an identity crisis or something like that. No, but about-
2: no. I'll give you some context. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing some, some commentary work covering the rugby championships, which has been fantastic. And, you know, I just really thought I was winning the day because, you know, I had a much tighter schedule. I was able to enjoy a little bit of sun last Sunday get in the car, get out to North Sydney, park my car where I parked it the, the previous week. And then, to be fair, I came out at about 11.30 and the garage door is shut. And I'm like, well, you know, just ring the intercom, surely you, like sister girl's going to lift the door for me. And then she's like, oh, we're not lifting the door until you pay $125. <laughs> Excuse me? $125 to get my own car? So you know what? I haven't filled my petrol this week, but I sure as hell have paid for a garage ticket. <laughs>
0: You've been riding and walking a lot of places or what?
2: Yes, yeah, the it's walking school
0: bus. $125 to press a button. $125
2: to press a button. And I, you know what? The previous week, and this is what I mean, right? Like I just can't deal with myself sometimes. The week prior, I came down and the machine couldn't take my ticket. So I called them, like I called this, and I swear I spoke to the same person and she lifted the gate for me. And I said to her, last week I came to this garage and you didn't say anything. Like you let me go. Why are you charging me $125. I'm sorry, ma'am. It's going to cost you $125 a day. Well, you know what? Beep. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Pay that money
0: to get your car out so you can get around. So
2: look, that's my story. That's my story. I, it probably underwhelmed you a little bit today, but that's all I have for you. That's
0: no, a good story. I always like your story time.
2: Oh, what about you? Give me a story.
0: Uh, I'm not the best at story time. My kids will tell you that. My wife's a storyteller <laughs> at home. Dad, we want mum to tell us a story. Your story's Aww. not very good. Um, no, the week's been, week's been good. Like. Actually, my kids—they're into week ten of term three, so it's like last week they're on holidays. Next week, and it's is this funny. term three. Yeah, term three. Oh, how good! But like, it's been as anyone that's in lockdown can appreciate. Homeschooling yeah. is is challenging. When one, well, I'm not a teacher, so I, I'm I'm no good at conveying things to my kids around like schoolwork and that. I, I think I I can get to an answer, but I don't. Ex- I can't explain myself very well on how the answer came about. Um, so. Week 10, and the holidays can come soon enough. They are at each other. They're at me about trying to help them. They're at my wife about trying to help them as well. And, uh, yeah, that's like first world problems. We're, we're having trouble homeschooling, but um, yeah, I can't wait for the holidays to start. I'll still be around them a lot. Yeah, I was going to say. But without the pressure of schoolwork. Yeah,
2: truly. Yeah. Truly, truly. But you know what? Let's turn our attention to the show because you and I, we both can ramble for days. Yes, So tell us, what's our top story for the week? Well, the
0: top story is around uh, rugby and a player that that returned to the the scene on the weekend for the Wallabies, Quade Cooper. There's a new citizenship rule which is going to allow him to become an Australian citizen, which I didn't realise and – after reading up, understanding now that there was a few instances before he has been unable to become an Australian citizen, but he's getting that opportunity now.
2: Yeah, it's huge. It was funny, though, because as the game was happening, anyone that's active on Twitter would have seen people were rambling crazy about rugby championships. But someone was like, surely now, after he kicked that iconic penalty kick, that, like, someone give the man a citizenship. Neck, not even neck minute, neck day, (laughs) they announce... They're going to award him a citizenship, which is huge.
0: The, the power of steering your national team to a uh, to a win, you can get governments to change rules.
2: Yes, and as they say, the, the citizenship rules have been relaxed for talented people um, or talented prospective Australians. And you know what? I think he perfectly fits the criteria. It's just like pretty crazy to think that sport could be used as a tool to create change like that. Like that's something that he's applied for four times before in the past. And he came down to that one game. And what a day that was for Australian rugby fans. Am I right, Dean? Great result on
0: two fronts. Well <laughs> done, Quaid. Across to Rugby League and in the Papua New Guinea 2021 Digicel Cup, the winners were the Lay Tigers. We spoke about this last week. We had an uh, on-the-ground report from our man Peter Pasol, And, uh, yeah, they, they beat the Wangi Tumbe uh, to achieve their fourth title.
2: This is huge. I mean, did you go for, you went for the Tigers? I went
0: for the Tigers, yeah, of course.
2: Which is huge. And I believe it's the sixth time, sorry, that the Tigers have appeared in a grand final. So, bloody heck, good on them.
0: Well done to the Tigers. And uh, we'll keep you updated next year on all the events or all the results in the Digicel Cup as well. Love that.
2: On the topic of PNG, turning our attention to the QRL, the PNG Hunters beat the Tweed Seagulls at 30 to 18.
0: Yeah, well done to the Hunters. They've had a a difficult season where they've missed out on the eight and and playing finals football, but... They've finished with a wet sail and and they've had a couple of victories. And no doubt that's good for them leading into next season. Um, 30 to 18, it was a convincing win, but hard fought through different periods in the the match. And uh, yeah, like I said, they'll they'll put their minds towards what happens next year. Uh, There's going to be some interesting times in the next few months about uh, a lot of them will have to head home back to PNG. And um, in the current climate, that that could be challenging, Um, but good way to finish the season.
2: Looking at the NRL, we are in the finals. And boy, oh boy, were there some exciting fixtures from the weekend.
0: It was a a cracking weekend, the first weekend of finals. Played at regional um, stadiums as well. I love that, by the way. Which is great, Mm. um, especially because Queensland has hosted the competition for the better part of the year or for this back end anyway. To be able to take games to regional areas where the fans would have got a lot out of it. it. It was a bit of an odd look. I'd say at first because um, you used to seeing a big finals match in the I played at big stadiums and whatnot, but the atmosphere was great uh, and, and, as I said, a reward for those communities for hosting the NRL. But the first one of the weekend was a, a bit of a mismatch. The Storm, um, as expected, beat the Seagulls 40-12, to 12, although, um, manly, we thought that they'd put up more of a fight considering they've played so well over the last two months. Um, but, yeah, the Storm far too strong in the night.
2: Way too strong. And what was pretty cool, or a stat that was shared with us, is that in the last three finals, the same scoreline has been recorded. So, in the, 20, sorry, the 2009 quarterfinal, the 2012 preliminary final, and also the 2021 quarterfinal, all three games have ended on a 40 to 12 scoreline. Bit of an omen there for the, mm. for the Storm and the, and the
0: manly matchups in finals footy. Uh, a couple of try scorers uh, for the Storm Isaac Lume Lume, my cousin, Kenneth Bromwich, Christian Welsh, Ryan Pappenhausen, Justin Ollam. Lume Lume's try was well called by Andrew Moore.
3: Sends a pass right to Jerry Evans. Then a pass goes through the hands of Morgan Harper. Picked up by the cheese, Brandon Smith. One handed back to Lumi Lumi. Saab will run him down or will he? No! Isaac Lumi Lumi's over to score for Melbourne. (laughs) Lumi Lumi!
0: He got away from Jason Saab. Jason Saab has wheels, so that was a big effort.
3: Do you reckon who would win
2: over 100 metres?
0: Between Lumi Lumi and and Saab. Saab. Saab's got pace. But he couldn't – he didn't have enough pace in that yeah. moment
2: to catch him. So Luma Luma would <laughs> not
0: On that occasion, he did. <laughs> the next one for the weekend was the uh, the day game, the, the first game of the Saturday, the Roosters against the Titans. And this was a nail-biter. This
2: was an, a sensational game.
0: Yeah, really, really I uh, feel real sorry for the, the Titans because they put up a, a big effort. Um, but the Roosters were able to come out on top thanks to a Sam Walker field goal, 25 points to 24 not without a few big moments and uh, probably one that's going to haunt the Titans is their mm. last play. They could have scored on the last play of the game. Unfortunately, the ball went into touch from an errant pass um, and, and they ended up losing the game. But the try scorers for the Roosters, Matic Avalu, James Tedesco, Josh Morris, one of my old teammates. Shout hey. out to the, to the old, old boy. And then Daniel Tupo. It's not a Roosters victory without a Tupo try.
3: Bradley comes to the left, Hutchison. Hutchison out oh. the back. What a tip on away to Daniel Tupo, and he's over to score in the corner.
2: That's sensational. That guy knows how to find the white line. Yeah, he's he's a really
0: underrated player. I think, yeah. I'm think i sure he's valued by Roosters fans and by the club itself, but um, he, he performs strong in almost every game he's in. So uh, well done, Daniel. Well done to the Roosters. That... I don't want
2: to move on from that game oh. until we talk about that that last play that brought the oh, I... Titans out.
3: Fogarty, long ball away now, links up with Herbert, Herbert over the 10, Dummies goes himself, flick pass, over the touchline, Patrick Herbert, you blew it, should have scored, game, set, bingo, the Gold Coast should have won, and they've thrown it away.
2: Patrick Herbert. You blew it. You blew it. it. Oh man, that was tough, man. That was tough. tough.
0: I feel like I feel so bad for Patrick Herbert. There was an opportunity to, tr- to score a try. He had David Fafita coming back through the middle. He had Corey Thompson outside, unmarked. He takes the line on himself, yep. gets wrapped up, tr- tries to throw the miracle flick pass to go straight over the sideline. And I feel for him because he's had such a great season. He was really good in that game, and the, what he'll be remembered for was that last this season. Play? Unfortunately, was that last play, um, and yeah, the, the serve that he got from his teammates. It they was were, so public. They would have put their arm around him afterwards. Yeah, no but, doubt. yeah, in the moment, no good.
2: Oh, well, Titans next
0: year. The second game on Saturday night was the Rabbitohs against the more fancied Panthers. And that went the way of the Rabbitohs with the 16-10 to scoreline. Um, this was unexpected, I guess, for most people because the Hugely Panthers... Hugely unexpected. Including yourself, I'm sure you were going yeah, for I the Yeah, I tipped Penny the Panthers. Panthers yeah.
2: you, you tipped the South tipped last the, week. No, no, I tipped the Panthers. I, tipped the Panthers. Yeah,
0: I thought this was going to be a tight game, but I, I, I definitely tipped the Panthers. Uh, they were just too tough they played and there was a lot of gamesmanship from the the coaches in the lead up to this one back and forth about rules and he said this he said this It was pretty interested to watch but the result um, spoke for itself I thought South's um, effort was enormous and uh, Blake Taff played fullback in place of Latrell Mitchell he had an outstanding game including this try assist for Jackson Paulo
3: Plays it in centre of the park. Cook goes to his right, Reynolds. Reynolds 10 metres out, out the back of tap. Tap away to Jackson Paulo, and he lunges over to score. South Sydney's back in front. That was so well executed to the right side by South Sydney. Jackson Paulo gets the try for the Rabbitohs. Their second of the night. That was insane. I just have to say,
2: though, does that mean, like, do you think Panthers could have a really solid chance in the grand final if they lost to the Souths now? Well, there's
0: still, yeah, there's still a chance. I think people have written them off after that loss. Too quickly. But yeah, they're, they're still in the final series. That's uh, the whole thing about getting a top four finish is you yep. get two bites at the cherry. They, they get to play again this weekend. So um, th- they'll turn things around pretty quickly, I believe, and, and they'll be still scary in the next couple of weeks leading into the grand final. The last match of the round, and I, you're, you're partly an Eels supporter as well, would you say?
2: Yes, yes, I am partly a, uh, no, wholeheartedly an Eels um, <laughs> supporter. This was a really fantastic game. It was obviously between the Eels and the Knights. The Eels won 28 to 20. Um, I thought that the, you know, at the beginning of the game, I thought the Eels probably were a little bit on the back foot, but man, it didn't take them much till they turned it around.
0: You're right. It was, uh, it was a back and forth game to start things off, but the Eels settled in their rhythm. Mitch yeah. Moses was was outstanding on the day for them. But um, I'm being really impressed by their centre, Will Penasini. He's a young guy. coming to the side mm. uh, this year, made his debut. And um, he's had some really strong games. He reminds me a lot of Michael Jennings in, the, in his style. Like he's not the biggest guy, but he's pretty compact. He's pretty fast, agile, defends really well. Uh, he scored a penalty try. I don't know if you get awarded, you given the try, but it was a penalty try awarded in his favour um, due to this indiscretion from the Knights.
3: 18 metres out from the Newcastle line Last tackle, power by two Comes to the right Moses Links up Gutherson, then he puts it on the toe Coming through Penasini He might have been tackled off the ball by Tawala Ponga picks it up in goal And Ferguson is harassing Ponga I reckon that could be either a penalty try or a sin bin professional foul. It's an open line. Yeah, this is going yeah, to be a penalty he have try. A scene, he would have collected that ball and scored a try. Yep. yep a decision. So it's going to be a penalty try in the 77th minute to Parramatta.
0: Did you see that try? How Did you did you think it was a penalty try?
2: Yes, I did. I really did. It was so obvious. He was clearly going to make that try.
0: He would have. Yeah, he was very close to the line. The ball was bouncing straight up in front of him. And then Tawala, as Andrew Moore said, Pulled him off the ball and uh, yeah, penalty try awarded.
2: Bye bye, Knights. Eels live to see
0: another week. Good nights. Yeah.
2: <laughs> good nights. Gene, that's good from you.
0: <laughs> Let's get over to rugby. You mentioned you were, you were calling these games and uh, tell us how they went.
2: Yes, we hit another week of the rugby championships and you know what? It's just so great to see rugby on our screens. The first matchup of the weekend was the all Oh, actually, I should say that last Sunday marked the beginning of four weeks of double headers and all of these games are taking place in Queensland. So, you know, it's just great to see my great game. I don't necessarily if I can say our great game. Um Being played out on Australian soil, particularly considering what Australians are going through right now with COVID and lockdown, I just think it gives us, you know, something to really look forward to on Sunday afternoons. So the first fixture was between the All Blacks and Argentina. The All Blacks thumped the Argentinians 39 to 0.
0: Was this a surprise? Because I know these two teams have got a bit of history between them and you would have thought that the the Pumas were going to put up a bit, bit more of a fight.
2: Yes, you really would have thought that would have happened. But, you know, one thing about the All Blacks is when you give them a whiff of the scoreboard and they can put some points on it, all they did was just, like, continually build their momentum. They came at penalty at halftime. Um, you know, final not final whistle blew, but it was obviously 40 minutes. All Blacks were like, oh, nah, like, we're going to kick for touch. And just before halftime, like, within the last 10 minutes, they scored another two tries to, against the Argentinians. So you just know when, like, a team handles you that way, They have won the mental battle and all it was, was an extra 40 minutes and they just put it on them.
0: So I've got to think if the
2: All Blacks win again next week, does that mean that they're close to sewing up the rugby championship? I don't know exactly. I couldn't tell you confidently. Yeah. Um, What I do know though, is that the Wallabies had to at least win last week's game in order to compete for the rugby championship title.
0: And how did they go?
2: (laughs) How did they go? They did so freaking well. (laughs) (laughs) So, so well. The Wallabies had the Springboks, and as we know, the Springboks are the current world champs. They won the 2019 Rugby World Cup final. So everyone, you know, didn't have a lot to hope for for the Wallabies because they didn't have a great uh, test series against the All Blacks for the Bledisloe. And they came into this game, and I guess what was making headlines prior to it was that Quaid Cooper was named to start as fly half, which was huge because, one, he's been out of the test fold for about four years. He's been playing over in Japan. Um, Dave Rainey, uncle Dave Rainey calls him up, says, come over. I want you to be with the boys in camp. As we know, Lowell Olusio, who was a guest on our show a couple weeks ago, or I should say a few weeks ago, um, you know, has been donning up in the, in, in the 10 Jersey and Quaid comes, everyone's like, you know, if there's a guy that's going to un- like, you know, really lead the Wallabies to, to a win, it's going to be Quade. And damn, did he, he really did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seven a- penalty goals. It excites me that um, someone like Quaid can come back after four years out of Test Rugby, step straight back in and be the, the guy that provides seven goals in a match that in, in which they win against the current world champions. It's, um, it's a huge performance from him. And, yeah, hopefully that means that, um, you know, it reestablishes the confidence in the squad and yeah. um, the Wallabies can keep progressing forward to be one of those contenders against the likes of, well, you know, they've taken down South Africa, but. They want to get one over the All the Blacks, you would think.
2: Hugely. And I just want to like make mention because, you know, this week we're heading into rugby championships again and the boys will have the opportunity. And I think this is where the real challenge lies, right, is that you can have one really solid win and not taking anything away from it because it's tremendous. But can you back it up the second week?
0: That is the big question.
2: Time will tell. And to a code that we are excited to share more of is the NFL.
0: Yes, the NFL, and I've become a little bit of an NFL fan over the last couple of years because I've got lots of friends at work that play f- uh, NFL fantasy, so uh, <laughs> you laugh at the nerds. No, I'm not what
2: you're gonna I you are going to say I've got lots of friends playing the NFL, but and then you meant NFL fantasies. Yeah, no,
0: they play like oh, okay. a lot of these people haven't just set foot on a football field, let alone an NFL field.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Tell us more. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I've become a little bit of a fan. I'm not a. I'm definitely not an expert by any means, but it kicked off uh, last week. Um, Friday night football was. Oh good. No, sorry. Thursday Night Football was a kickoff to NFL last week. And um, there were some really good matchups. The first one was Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which they're the defending Super Bowl champions. Tom Brady, who's 44, 45. He's got a fistful of rings like he's the king. And um, they beat the Dallas Cowboys 31-29. But I want to highlight a few games where we had there's, – there's a lot of Pacifica players that um, venture over to the NFL, um, some really good athletes and um, some, some presence and, and imposing guys. The Philadelphia Eagles – Jordan Mailata, who was at the South Sydney Rabbitohs in their 20 side a few years ago, gets an opportunity to go over there and he, he gets picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he's ended up becoming their left tackle. So that's a really important position on the field. We spoke about this last week, how he was gunning for that. He's got the start. and he was good. He was instrumental in their win, 32 points to six against the Falcons. Other games that featured Pacifica players, the Miami Dolphins, their quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, vailoa um, he's came onto the scene last year, but he's established himself now as a starting quarterback for them. They ended up beating the New England Patriots, 17-16, really close game. The Patriots had a really bad year last year, but they've been super successful. Uh, Bill Belichick's their coach who's um, guided them for a long time. And that's a big win for Miami, probably against odds for them to get that win. And then the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders, they played the last match of week one, which was Monday night football. And Baltimore Ravens their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, gun, Like he's one of the best players in the I think he was MVP two years ago. Anyway, Las Vegas Raiders, they've got a Pacifica player who's also a quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Um, he only came on for one play, and he ran 31 yards in that one play. He was off for the rest of it, but that 31 yards helped set up a, a good drive for them. I think it was a scoring drive, and the, Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders ended up winning 33-27 in overtime. So that was a really exciting match. Um, but yeah, I'm all aboard the NFL this year.
2: I'm really excited to follow the the progress of the Pacifica athletes competing in the NFL. Like as we know, it's definitely not something that's common here in Australia. So it'll be really exciting to see what these boys do. Yeah,
0: definitely. They recognise the talent over there as well.
2: Talent recognises talent. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one to end this segment on. <laughs> Talanoa time.
0: On Can You Be More Pacific? So joining us on Talanoa Time today, we have Wanga Blake uh, from the Parramatta Eels, center slash winger, mostly center. He's 26 years old, born in Fiji and has represented Fiji at the international level. Uh, He's super fast. He's very elusive, scores plenty of tries, and he's an all-around good guy. Thanks for joining us, Wanga.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Firstly, uh, you're up in the Gold Coast at the moment. You're in the hub life with the Parramatta Eels, and you've been up there for a few months. We're just chatting before we got this interview going. It sounds like it's, it's pretty cushy.
1: <laughs> no, it's not too bad. Uh, no, it's really good. Uh, we've been very blessed. and lucky to have this opportunity for the NRL to, you know, be brought up here and uh, still continue. Um, yeah, same before. We are staying at the Mercure uh, for the first couple of weeks. Uh, for the first two weeks quarantine. And then um, after that, we're lucky enough to be able to move to uh, Surfers right next to the beach. So the boys have been loving it. We, we do most of our training then we'll just go to the beach most days, sit in the sun and then, yeah, just chill, I guess.
2: Sounds like you guys are off to a great start um, up there in Queensland. Wanga, I want you to take us back to the very beginning. Where did your rugby league career begin?
1: Um, my rugby league uh, career began when I moved from Fiji also, um, I was born and raised in Fiji until the age of nine, uh, moved to Sydney. Uh, and then uh, the first club I played for, I was nine years old, um, was Brighton Seagull. So that's where it all started for me.
2: Did you grow up playing any other sports other than rugby league?
1: Um, what, what else did I play? I played a bit of union, but I was mainly just brought up playing league. And then, yeah, I grew up a bit also playing a bit of basketball, but that was just a bit of fun in school. And yeah, that's about it.
0: Do you remember much about life in Fiji before you made the um, the switch over here to Oz?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it was, um, I grew up with my grandparents, um, mum was over here, single mum, um, just working every day to try to get me and my, my older brother over to, to Australia. So that was a bit difficult, but once that happened, um, yeah, it was all good, but yeah, my, my grandparents, uh, pretty much uh, raised me up until the age of nine and, um, yeah, living in Fiji was really fun. It was very laid back. It was a lot different to what we have over here. So once we got over here, yeah, we are just very blessed and fortunate, fortunate to have all we had. And um, yeah, it was a really good life being being here compared to Fiji
2: love hearing about the early experiences in your life just turning the dial back a little bit um when you debuted for the Perth Panthers that no doubt would have been a huge moment for you especially considering your journey up to date coming to Australia obviously mum working really hard to get you and the brother over here how special was it to secure your first professional contract and share that news with your family
1: yeah no it was massive I was uh very blessed to to get that debut um very early in my career as well um especially yeah, still having my my, uh, my main thing was having my uh, grandfather still here to be there for my debut and, you know, uh, having all the family come over because they, they they all live in Perth at the moment. And, um, yeah, just to have them all over there. And when I told them about the news and all that, they were all wrapped. And, yeah, they were just very, very happy that, you know, a young, young kid from uh, born and raised in Fiji was able to come to Sydney and then head to Perth and then move back to Sydney by himself and then, yeah, just to be able to get that opportunity yeah, was was a big highlight in my life.
0: Now, fast forward, and, and as Sarah said, you debuted with the Penrith Panthers, and no doubt you enjoyed your time there, but you also have now played and you are playing for another Western Sydney team in Parramatta Eels. You made a, a mid-season switch. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what that was like to to change teams midway through a season and and how you adjusted to that?
1: Yeah, so um, 2019, um, uh, yeah, Penrith. sorry, uh, did my MCL yeah, made the switch over. I was still sort of a bit injured. I was a bit nervous at the time and yeah, depending for a very great club, they're very good to me and you know, had a lot of good friends there still do now. Um, but yeah, uh, making the switch to Parramatta, very nervous. But once I got over, I was loved it. Loved it ever since and right up until now um, made a lot of good friends, you know. And now I'm just, you know, for fun, just enjoying my footy and yeah, the club's been very good to me and yeah, everything about it now, just moving forward into the finals, especially I think all the boys are all ready to go and uh, we're ready to rip in.
0: Now, one thing I do know about Parramatta is that there's, uh, there's quite a good mix of culture in the club. And uh, one of your wellbeing managers, George Danzy, who is uh, good man. He's a very good man and, and he's got his finger on the pulse in terms of trying to get all the boys together. Can you explain to our listeners what it's like at Parramatta in terms of culture?
1: No, it's massive. We, we have a uh, good mix, uh, you know. Islanders, even just um, Aussies and just just good mix of our, just um, everything. Um, and we're, we're all pretty close here. And, um, yeah, Georgia, Georgia drives that a lot too. He, you know, he gets us all hanging out together. And he's actually by, by my neighbour at the moment. So he's next door to me right now. I should have got <laughs> him in. But, um, no, no, we're very close here. And, yeah, just a bond. Um, I think it shows on the field as well. No, not only off the field, but on the field.
2: Speaking about on-field, the Parramatta Eels have the Penrith Panthers, which obviously is your old club. How are you feeling about the game and how has preparation been so far this week?
1: Oh, no, it's been uh, – we're well up for it. You know, um, it's, it's Storm and um, Penrith, you know, that, that's the benchmark. We've got to beat the best to be able to, you know, be there at the end. And that's pretty much this week. starts with this week. Uh, you know, after this week, then it's Melbourne um, and then to to get to the final – yeah, that's as I was what I was saying before. That's that's two big teams, but it starts with this week, uh, the Battle of the West. Um, every time we play them, it's always you know big game. Uh, both teams come ready, ready to play, and um, yeah, we'll be ready to go. But now we're we're all very excited and should be good.
0: You, you mentioned how big the battle is every time you meet. I know the last round of the season, uh, it was a bit of a touch up, but you you guys rested a lot of players earlier in the year. You played out at Penrith Stadium, and it was close. It came down to. Uh, Mitch Moses attempting the penalty goal at the end of the game, unfortunately, he missed do, do you guys have a lot of confidence facing up against Penrith, knowing that you can push them right to the end and um, you know you're a good chance of beating them on the day?
1: Oh hundred percent you know we we've had our ups and downs uh, I think we started off very well this year and then we sort of fell fell away from it towards the back end but then we we found it again um you know when we beat the storm, so we obviously know we can do it It's just a matter of like us just Going out there just, you know, playing our style of footy, not falling into, you know, what Penrith want us to do. And, you know, they, uh, if we don't turn up, you know, you, we all know what Penrith can do. So at the end of the day, we just got to worry about ourselves and just turn up and play our Parramatta sort of style of footy. Sounds
2: like a really solid plan. Both Dean and I always love to ask this question to athletes that we interview. And do you have a game day ritual, especially considering that this week's game is a huge one? Just keen to know what does Wonga Blake do come game day?
1: Game day. Oh, very, very chilled, to be honest. Get up, uh, have brekkie. Depends what time we play. So it's a, I think it's a later game, but we play up in Mackay. So it all depends what time we leave here. I try to get a, a nap in whenever I can. It's probably after lunch. But other than that, I try not to leave my room, to be honest, and just chill right up until the game, until I'm ready to go. All
0: right. Our last, ple- uh, our last question, I should say, to you is, do you have one piece of advice you'd give your 10-year-old self? Ten yourself. It was only Uh, only a year after you got here to Australia, so (laughs) there's a little uh, reference point.
1: I don't know, Uh, because you know when I was ten years old, and I was just happy to be here and enjoy life. uh, Especially moving over from Fiji, I was very fortunate. So. Yeah, I can't really say anything, to be honest, because when I was 10, I was enjoying, I was living my best life.
3: So, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah.
2: That's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, Wonga, before we wrap up your interview, we love to do a thing with um, our guest, which is basically a segment called Tip Ons. It's a 60-second question and it's meant to be fun and lighthearted. Basically, I ask you a series of rapid-fire questions and I just want you to say the first thing that comes to mind. Sound good? Yes, yeah. yeah. All right, the clock <sighs> is on. What have you been reading, watching, or listening to lately?
1: Uh, music, a lot of uh, hip-hop.
2: <laughs> what was your first concert? Concert? Yes.
1: Concept or concert?
2: Concert. Music concert. concert.
1: Uh, field day. <laughs> 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 oh, <name> is <laughs> Who was the most
2: annoying teammate?
1: Uh, Bryce Carrick.
2: Who was your sporting hero?
1: a Folau and LeBron James.
2: What's your go-to karaoke song?
1: Uh, Country roads. <laughs>
2: <Is that laughs> Scale of one to ten, how good are you at keeping secrets?
1: Ten. Is that the highest? Is that a- yeah, yeah, that's that's the highest. highest? Yeah, What was your yeah, favourite? Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was your favourite movie as a kid?
1: Uh, Longest Yard.
2: What's something you could eat for a week straight? Pizza. Favorite place you've travelled to?
1: Sorry, say again.
2: Favourite place you've travelled to?
1: Oh, I haven't left Australia, so uh, Perth. <laughs> Surely you've been back to Fiji. <laughs> oh, Fiji, yeah.
2: Oh, right. And New Zealand. You would have travelled to New Zealand for footy yeah, at least? Yeah, that's only footy though.
0: Yeah, it's only an overnight stay, right? So you just drop in, yeah, play the game and yeah. get out. Yeah, It's
1: just business. You just go there, get the job done and come back.
2: True professional. True <laughs> professional. <laughs> Well, Wonga, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. We wish you all the best against the Penrith Panthers this weekend and uh, go the Eels. I'm actually backing you, boys.
1: Thank you for having me. Appreciate
0: it. Good luck. That was Parramatta Eels Centre playing up against the Penrith Panthers this weekend and we wish him all the best. Wonga Blake.
2: You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like... To be an elite athlete, on can you
0: be more Pacific? So we've come to that part of the show that we love, where we can get any of you guys to send a question in that might be burning in your mind. It's called you can ask that. We've had some curly ones over this year so far. We
3: have
0: <laughs> some curly. Is that right? Yeah, or curly. But the question that we've got for you this week, uh, or that's for us to answer, is: Would you rather lose by a little or lose by a lot? Hmm. Losing sucks altogether.
2: Oh, 100% first but and foremost. But Sarah,
0: if you were to have a choice between a slim last minute, really narrow loss or just getting smashed the whole way through and losing the game, what would you take? The former. The former. So The just former. So I would on.
2: rather lose by a little bit because what that says to me is that like our team, I mean, depending, right? Like this is all hypothetical, but I would like to think like, you know, we're up against an opponent who was matching us around the park. It was like really fast. There were a lot of points. I'd rather get to the end and being like, we chucked everything we had rather than being like, oh, we just got smashed that whole game. And trust me, I've had some losses in my time and it's not fun. Not many, but. Not really many big game losses. <laughs> well, actually, when I toured with Australia A back in 2019, we went to the Oceania tournament in Fiji. The first team that we had was Black Fern Development. Or oh, actually, the first team we were meant to have was Tonga, but then they got the measles, so that game was postponed. And then the second game we had was against Black Fern Development. And, you know, that earlier that year, I had the opportunity to travel with the Wallaroos on tour against Japan and New Zealand. and never made the game day 23, but I was fortunate to, you know, go on this tour and I was really excited, like Black Fern Development, this is going to be great. Bro, we got thrashed. <laughs> it was like, I think the, the scoreline was like 50-something to zero. Um, So that was huge. And, you know, you just know, right, like, one, we re- we went into that game knowing that we're going to be a huge opposition, but, you know, you never, you never stop believing. And then you got to halftime and they, you know, really put it to us and then came the 80th minute and, like, they put us away and it sucked. But then on the flip side, I've had some really great wins, like with Waratahs, and, um, it's great when you, when you win. Yeah. Like no one wants to lose.
0: What, what are your coaches like in a big loss versus a narrow loss?
2: <sighs> big loss, not happy. Yeah. Not proud. You know, just like, it sucks though. Cause you know, you really want to make your coach proud and more than them. Like you want to make yourself proud. And it was like, it sucks in those moments because like, you can't lie about a loss particularly when you lose large, like it's like that wasn't good enough, you know, then you start pointing fingers a little bit. It gets really ugly and really catty sometimes. But then when you lose by a little, like it's a lot more encouraging, right? Like, oh, girls, like that was really tough. But like, you know, be proud of what you've accomplished. So I think like the tone also changes.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. That was a
2: long-winded answer. Sorry.
0: I agree with you. So you're, you're for rather losing slightly than getting smashed. Yeah. Yeah. I take big losses as like really um embarrassing, disheartening. But like you yeah. get to a point of a game where you if you're getting thrashed and I, I can remember some, some games where we've been beaten by fifty or sixty points. Mm. Uh, coming off at half time. One in particular it stands in my twenty four team. We lost the Cowboys up in North Queensland. Uh it was like sixty four to twelve, I think, the final score, but at half time we were getting smashed thirty, say thirty to six or something like that. And the change room was the most sad. Um, despondent ch- change room that I've ever been in. The coach had no answers for us. It was like, it was a yuck feeling and we're looking around at each other and it was just, we were all just looking for answers and they weren't there. Yeah. So that was really, really bitter. Um, but then when you, you're right, when you lose by a little bit, um, there's generally either a bit of pride in, yeah. in the effort and the coach can identify that. And it's, it's it can be heartbreaking to lose close, but also you, you're right, you feel like you're, you may have played better than than just getting smashed.
2: You got a question? Go on, boss.
0: Oh, that did you hear that? There was a question coming through.
2: So when you lose by a little, like the Titans did on the weekend, mm-hmm. and you have that one mistake that could have won you the game at the end, does that like doesn't that kill you though? Yeah,
0: that's a, yeah
2: that, but, but that's different, right? Because that's situational. Like, I mean. This is one thing I will say to that. You should have never gotten to that point of the game where it comes down to that, to be that close. That's all I could say to it. Like it's heartbreaking and you want to swing some hands at your friends, but like.
0: (laughs) It's a good point you say, but situational, that's an elimination final in the final series. Yeah. That's like, you're so close to progressing to the next week of the finals. And then, um, you know, the height of everything at the end that, that, that moment. So finals it then, yeah. is,
2: it, is your thing still the same? You'd still rather lose by a little than by a lot in a final series? When you'll have so many what ifs, if I'd just done this, if I'd just done that, yeah, there'd be a lot if of, they had just yeah, done
0: no, this. You're right. There'd be a lot of regret in different moments in that match for some people. I, you always know that when you lose a yeah. game, you think back, you go, what did I do? You pick
2: all the things that you didn't oh, do right. Yeah.
0: You throw so, a, so a bit of a spanner of the in the season, work. In the work, sorry.
2: So the last game of the season... And that, that'll be the end of it. Yeah. Lose by a little, by a lot. So... So you have to spend the rest of the next off-season thinking about...
0: Well, I go to the... So I'll use the example of the Tigers-Bulldogs round 25. Both teams can't make the finals. So it means nothing in the context of going to win a title or whatever. I think the Tigers would have been far more disappointed getting smashed than they would have been had they had a mm. close one.
2: The thing about sport is like... You don't live to live in the middle. You live for the high highs or the low lows. Yeah. Like, and that's something that y- it's so like, oh, like, can't there be a happy medium? But there isn't. When you put two teams on the field, everyone's aiming for the high high. And if you're not on the high high, you're on the low low. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> if you have a question you're wanting to ask us, you can send it through to ABC Sport on Twitter, or you can send it to us on Instagram at Serenangama or at Dean Halatau
2: can you be more pacific on abc radio australia oh my god can you be more pacific talking all things sport across the pacific
0: coming up next we've got keeping it social we tackle some tough headlines in the ruck and music from a local artist
2: gee
1: Pacific, keeping it social.
2: This week in keeping it social, we have so much good content to choose from, but we always have to choose our top two. What's your top one? My top one is fantastic. It comes from the Rugby Com AU Instagram. And basically it's Taniela Tupo facing the press where a reporter had asked him if he believes that Quade should be played again this weekend for the rugby championships. And this is what he said.
1: Quade, you on the bench, put me at 10.
3: <laughs> if
1: you want to lose straight away. If you want to win by 25 points.
2: <laughs> How good is that?
0: Put me in 10. Put him on the bench. If you want to
2: lose. Nah, <laughs> if you want to win by 25 points. I just think like, you know what? Great banter from a big prop. Obviously, Uncle Jay Rooney is not going to pay him at 10. But it just shows that there's like a lot of love and laugh and I just, I rate it.
0: It's good good to hear them having fun with it too, isn't it?
2: Yes, that part, having fun. Yes, that's what
0: sport's about, having fun.
2: What about you, Dean? What's yours?
0: Uh, Well, mine was Tony Armstrong, the ABC's Tony Armstrong. So Tony was doing um, his sports segment on, or sports news segment on ABC News Breakfast. And he's talking about the Australian wiki keeper, Tim Payne. And he accidentally had a little faux pas in what he was saying. (laughs) Talking about an injury to Tim's lower back. he slipped a disc or he's got a bulgy, bulging disc. You've got to be careful how you say those things sometimes, and especially when it's on live TV. Australian skipper Tim Payne is set to undergo neck surgery, but
3: medical staff remain confident that the veteran will be fit for the ashes. Payne has a bulging dick that has been... Disc that has been... That's a funny one. ...that's been <laughs> causing him pain. <laughs> I'm going to throw to you very quickly, Michael. <laughs> what? Disc. Disc. I said disc. That's what, that's what I thought you said. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, that is gold. He dodged it really quickly, didn't he? He just threw off straight to the to the host of the show. And the weatherman was brought in and everything. Uh, it was pretty funny. Tim Payne had a, a pretty wise response on his own socials and said true story actually.
2: Oh my god, that that's is... a that's a brag. Then <laughs> oh, would you ever? Keep it PG. No, I think that's I think that's a fantastic response. I mean it was it's funny, it was on live TV. Yeah. I mean, would have been so cringy in the moment, but I'm glad that we're all able to find the humor in it. It's bloody hilarious. <laughs>
0: have to give an honourable mention to two posts that I've seen on the ABC Sport Instagram this week. One, uh, a pitch invader over in um, cricket in Ireland, women's cricket in Ireland. It was a, a fan must have had their dog there. It was on a lead <laughs> because the dog's come out on the pitch to, to fetch the ball. Good dog's gone to fetch the ball, thought it was playing at the park. Lead still on, owner nowhere to be seen, scooped up the ball and ran and, um, the the women were chasing it all over the field, trying to get it to stop. He ended up stopping right near the pitch. (laughs) They got the ball off him. So that was pretty cute. Yeah, it was very cute. And this little kid runs out, trying to grab the lead and and take (laughs) the dog off. So that's one. And another one, uh, there was a cat over in a college game. I love this one. College football game in the US. And there, this cat.
2: This cat is in the crowd. I don't even know how this cat gets there, right? And then all of a sudden, there's this cat that is hanging by its claws off the side of a grandstand, and it has captivated the whole, like, everyone around it. And there must be hundreds of hundreds of people, like, you know, kind of looking at this cat. And as the cat is kind of losing its grip, so like, everyone is so tuned in that, like, you can hear everyone being like, oh, oh, oh. And then eventually the cat drops, and luckily it got saved by, like, what looked like a flag that people had laid out just, like, to... I guess, be a catch for it?
0: I think there was like two, for, it was quick, but I thought there was like two flags. There was like one up high, then another one below it. So he's going gone and bang, bang, through a couple, and then yeah, this lady's lifted it.
2: Like, like, like um, Simba. Simba. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You know what? I just want to say, don't take your damn pets to the, <laughs> the football, please. Please. In the run. <laughs> Tackling the tough headlines in sport on Can You Be More Pacific?
0: Okay, so this week in the ruck, we don't really have like tough headlines, it's just.
2: Which is nice.
0: Just general sport news, so Mm. there's some nice stories to talk about. The first one that we're going to talk about is table tennis. So, some para athletes have been appointed as development officers to help grow grow table tennis, sorry, in Tonga, which is um, great. They're uh, two former national representatives. We've got uh, Sayossi Vaka from Hafoa and Selamaya Lohomanu from La Baja. And uh, they've been appointed as development officers to help grow the game of table tennis.
2: This is incredible. And I love hearing stories like this because, you know, here are two well-respected athletes that are doing the most, um, I guess, to see more of their own people on the world stage. So I think this is a great initiative. And I love, like, I just love hearing sports like these that un- necessarily given a, a big profile in the islands kind of take charge.
0: And plus they get to work full time in a, in a role in a sport that they obviously care a lot about and, yeah. and help grow it. So it's, um, it's great that they're able to do that and get that opportunity Yes. onto the netball. The silver ferns, um, have announced a, a three match series they're going to play.
2: Yes. Um, against the New Zealand men's team, which is huge. Sorry, you probably have to correct me here, but what is the name of the men's team?
0: Uh, it's just a New Zealand men's invitation. Okay. Thing. Yep.
2: Fantastic. I think this is really, really amazing to see that two of their top sides in New Zealand and of opposing genders having a crack over three test series. Like that's incredible. It's, first of all, it's unheard of, but two, could you just imagine the amount of talent um, that this game, sorry, these games will display?
0: It's going to be great to watch. I can't wait to have a watch of it myself. Uh, it was obviously due to the fact that the Constellation Cup yes. was cancelled between Australia, the Australian Diamonds and the Silver Ferns. Um, great alternative. The Constellation Cup is always a good battle, right? Yep. So this is, yeah, this is great that the New Zealand teams are still going to get an opportunity to play um, and it will be very competitive, no doubt.
2: In the NRL, a beautiful piece of footage emerged from the Eels' social media, and basically, what they had was a couple of players um, who thought they were in for like some kind of interview, but realistically, they were sitting down to watch um, some beautiful videos from their families.
0: Yeah, this was um, a little bit of uh, it's like at the heartstrings. This one wasn't it? The the players, I was weeping. The players obviously have been away from loved mm. ones for, for for a long time now. As a lot of people in a lot of places have been, but they got some nice messages of encouragement and support from home. And uh, the players were like straight away, like they were taken back and they looked very um, yeah, moved.
2: I think that would have been the most beautiful thing to listen and watch just before they went into their elimination, like kind of round of finals. So it was really cool.
0: Yeah, there was, uh, the players that we seen were Dylan Brown, um, Isaiah Papali'i, uh, Makahisi Makotoa, it uh, was in there as well.
2: Isaiah Poppoli, he is just a gem. He's really won my heart this season.
0: He's a very good footballer. He actually played off the bench on the weekend, which was a surprise. Mm. He's played so well, been one of the form players of the competition, but um, a little bit of a tactical thing, I guess, from the Eels. He's not playing big minutes anyway, but I agree. He's a really champion. He's a very likable guy. Yeah, love that. Other NRL news. So this has happened. um, This is other hub life news, I guess, but teams (laughs) teams being in hubs, They've had to um, use players not playing as ball boys. Josh Adokar was fulfilling those duties for Melbourne. He's injured. so he How was, did he go? Yeah, he, he got fired at halftime. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How do you get fired from being a ball boy?
0: Well, I think there's, there's some strict rules around what you can and can't do as a ball boy. And this has happened the whole season. Players have sort of flirted with those lines of what you can and can't do. And Josh got a little bit excited when they were scoring tries. And he was getting a bit too close to the action. So... The, um, the ground, from, from what I've been told, the ground manager had to tap him on the shoulder and say, maybe sit, sit the second half out. <laughs> <laughs> he took it pretty well. It was funny in the end. That is end.
2: funny. Yeah. That is so funny. But like, Josh, one job. Reign it in. <laughs> one job, my friend. One job.
0: And lastly, another um, moving, pretty moving piece. Mossy Masoi, who um, has been playing over in England uh, the past several years, uh, he suffered a a really serious neck injury and, um, it was thought that he wouldn't be able to walk again. He's gone through a, a long um, rehab process, rehabilitation process, and he's walking assisted with the crutches now. It's huge progress. Mm. He's been really determined. There's been a lot of support um, internationally from here in Australia, in New Zealand, from over in England, obviously, um, in the competition he was playing with Hull KR. Um, he got sent off and uh, the last game he delivered the, the match ball with his family, walked out with his kids. Uh, it was really, really what a special moment. Yeah, and... It was so great to see him um, up, walking out there. As I said, he had had crutches there, but his progress has been phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it's pretty insane to think about what has taken place over the past two years, but it's a huge credit to himself to show so much character, so much heart, and and make the comeback that he has. So no doubt that is something he'll always remember.
1: Can you be more Pacific?
2: On ABC Radio Australia. Even though a huge week of sport is behind us, there is still so much to look forward to.
0: Yes, the NRL finals continue week two and these four teams will be, um, well, two of them will be eliminated. This is elimination week with winners progressing through to the qualifiers Mm. next week. One will play South Sydney, the other will play Melbourne. Yeah. Um, But the first game is Manly versus the Roosters on Friday night. Huge. Who you got? Oh, this is such a tough one because the Roosters fought really hard against the Titans and got a win and they've fought hard all year because they're down on troops, but Manly got smashed by Melbourne and will be wanting some redemption over that performance. And they've got so much strike power. They've got like, such an ability to score points across the park. It's a long way to get to my answer of Manly.
2: Well, it only makes it interesting when we are on opposing side, so then I'll go for Roosters.
0: I will say, I'm, I'm kind of hoping the Roosters win because I've got a couple of ex-teammates in there and one in particular yeah. I want to see lift a trophy. The winner of that game will take on the Rabbitohs the following week. In the other game on Saturday, it's the Panthers versus the Eels. This is going to be a cracker.
2: This is going to be so good. The Battle
0: of the West up in Queensland.
2: I'm I'm here for it. I'm, I'm going to call it early. I think the Eels can do it.
0: Ooh, you're going against the Penny Panthers. Yeah. I'm actually thinking the Eels can do it as
2: well, but... Like, I know that the Eels can do it, but it's a matter of will they do it.
0: They had a game. The last time they played was during the season out of Penrith before things went into full lockdown and all the comp got relocated. And Mitch Moses had a chance to win the game with only yeah. like, a, like a minute left on the clock. And he had a penalty goal from, I don't know, 40-something out. I you
2: know, mean, if Quade can do it, why can't he do it?
0: <laughs> he only just missed it. There was a lot yeah. of pressure on him. He just missed the goal. Heartbreaking for him and for the Eels that night. But they showed in that game that they've got – an ability to, to match the Panthers and, and and push them, so it's going to be a big game. I'm so going with good. you on the. I'm going to go with you on the Eels. Awesome! Watch this space. The winner of that game takes on the Storm, and of course, you can listen to all these games live on Radio Australia. It's the home of NRL in the Pacific.
2: Gee-hoo. Gee-hoo. <laughs>
0: Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to, Sarah?
2: Yes, I'm most looking forward to another round of the rugby championships. Uh This week, the Wallabies have the Springboks for the second time. You know, the hot question is, will the Wallabies do it again before I take your answer? Another fixture is the Argentina versus All Blacks game, which is going to be huge. For the first match, Wallabies versus Springboks, what's your take? Who do you, What do you think?
0: I think I don't know too much about the Springboks team. I'm I'm not. Uh, okay, here,
2: let me give you a quick one. Won the last World Cup.
0: Yeah, I know, I know they're the <laughs> reigning champs. So yeah. they narrowly lost. They'll go to the. I think the Springboks might take them. Yeah. In the return match. Okay.
2: Yeah. That's huge. I'm going to back the Wallabies again, just because no one really thought they could do it, but they did it. And I just want to back them to see if they can do it once more.
0: Of course. You've got to stick solid with the Wallabies anyway.
2: Oh, 100%. And the second game, the Argentina versus All Blacks game. Look, Argentina took a huge, huge hiding last week from the All Blacks. And I'm sure they'll be out for redemption this week. And the All Blacks, just in true All Blacks fashion, will want to cement their their position. They're currently sitting at the top of the rugby championship table as well. So, oh, I don't know. I think the All Blacks are going to ice them again. I agree. Oh, God, look at us two agreeing on something for once.
0: And Nellie actually already typed that in, that I would be tipping them, so she knew.
2: (laughs) It's because, no, I was going to say, it's not because you're biased, it's because you're a true supporter. You've always supported the All Blacks and that's your thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep, cool.
1: ABC Radio Australia. Can you be more Pacific?
0: That's all we have time for, unfortunately.
2: Yes, but we'll be back same time, same place next week.
0: If you missed the show or you just want to listen to the magic again, it'll be replayed on Friday, 2pm PNG time, or you can find all our episodes on the Radio Australia website.
2: Don't forget, you can catch more coverage of Pacific sports on That Pacific Sports Show on Wednesday night, 7pm PNG time on ABC Australia. Or you can catch up anytime on ABC iview. More there. Talk here. Can You Be More Pacific? An ABC Sports production for
1: ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.